You're listening to the Dallas Design Sprints Podcast. Hi there. This is Robert Scrobe of Dallas Design Sprints Podcast. I think I'm doing the first live broadcast of the podcast since July, since it's been that long. Um, but today I have a very special guest in Brittany Bowering. She's a brand strategist, a workshop facilitator, co-host of the Happy Hour Career Talk podcast. She's also very active on Instagram, and I'm very, 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 very happy that she's here with me today. So hello. Say hello, Brittany. Hello, Robert, and everybody else who's listening. <laughs> I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Brittany, I think I'm going to start things off with something that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time, since I've, I've always seen you from afar being in the, in the design sprint world and uh, kind of seeing your content when it comes up on LinkedIn and Instagram. I, I have a very curious question about personal branding and marketing. Mm. Um, I know it's something that you were, you were the head of at AJ and Smart. And I find that some of your content also speaks to that in terms of like what you recommend other people do in different contexts. But from mm. what you see from your perspective, where do most professionals tend to fall short when it comes to thinking about their, their personal brand, how they market themselves. What are some common things that you've seen? Yeah, this is a, this is a really great question. I think that there are the problem with this whole uh, personal branding, you know, topic and, you know, social media in general is there are so many possibilities. And I think that the number one thing that happens when people decide that they'd like to kind of put themselves out there, whether it's, you know, professionally or just they want to kind of, you know, uh, build some kind of a brand around themselves um, is that they feel overwhelmed, you know, and they're not really sure what to talk about, how to do it, you know, formats to use. And everybody sort of gets so overwhelmed that they that they just can't even begin. And I think that that is one of the, the hugest problem, uh, the hugest, the biggest problems that I see. <laughs> I'm going to invent daunting. a few words here while talking. Yeah. Da- it's daunting. Yes, absolutely. So it's such a daunting task um, that I think it really stops people from actually just going for it and jumping in. So that's, I think, one of the biggest problems that I see arise is that people get overwhelmed, nervous, scared. What if people don't like what I'm putting out there? What if, you know, people come back to me with, you know, that wasn't valuable. That wasn't interesting. You know, you're awful. You're the worst person that's ever lived, you know, which is, by the way, the internet is a horrible, scary place. And that sometimes does happen. So you need to be somewhat ready for that. Um, But I think that this is really, it's, a shame because it really stops people from doing it and just getting started with something in some direction. So I think that uh, one piece of advice that I would give for people who are interested in starting to build a personal brand through content in some way is pick one thing that you're going to you know talk about or one one post that you're going to put out there and just start there start with one you know and see how it goes it's i swear you won't you know you won't die after posting something on on linkedin about yourself or an opinion that you have um, and uh, it can be really rewarding and quite an interesting experience and a great way to interact with people so i think just getting started with be the one of the biggest things. Um, the other thing I think that uh, you know bogs people down a little bit is that they you know they get um, 
especially when it comes to if you're doing, you know, content strategy for your personal business, let's say you're a freelancer or a small agency, for instance, you know, I think that people often think that, you know, the content that they need to be put that, that they need to be putting out there, it needs to be, you know, selling their services or their product or, you know, needs to really showcase what they can do and how they, how they work and all these things. And it doesn't actually have to be like that. And actually if for the most part, you shouldn't really be focusing on selling in your content. I think that's one thing I see happen all the time is people are like, okay, but we have to make sure that people know that this is a service that we offer. And this is this product that's so great. Actually, you don't. If you put out really good content that's valuable for your audience and, and positions you in a spot where you are you know, an expert in a specific topic, those people are going to come to you wanting your service and they're going to know what you're about because you're talking about the right things, if that makes sense. How niche do you think someone should go when it comes to picking that one thing that they, that they want to start with? I mean, do you have, would you recommend kind of going really deep into a topic or would, do you think it's kind of playing around with it just to see what kind of responses you get or how, how do you feel about the content you're putting out? Yeah. So what I like to think about when I'm coming up with a topic or when, when I'm talking to someone and they're asking me, you know, what should I talk about? I don't even know where to start. There's so many things that I, you know, that I know about and there's a lot of value I can add. I just, I'm just not sure where to start. What I always say is look at your audience, the people that you want to target. So who are the, who are the, you know, the people who matter most to you, right? Um, and think about what they're struggling with. And whatever you think is their biggest problem or challenge in their career or in their sort of in the space that you're working in, that's the topic that you should, that you should dive into. And, and the one thing that I think, you know, another thing I should say that, that often gets, especially if you're a technical person that can get you really sort of, um, it can, it can cause a little bit of anguish, let's say, is when you go a little bit too deep in a topic. I think social media is a place where you can do both of those things. You can go really deep and like write some crazy, fabulous, long article that really dissects a, a topic and, you know, goes through all the corners of everything. Or you can post something that's um, not necessarily surface, but just a piece of the deeper part of it, right? So I think that people get bogged down because they start writing, let's say an article or a blog post. And then they're like, oh, well, I have to also add this in and I have to add that. And I have to put this in like, there's research around this and I should probably talk about that. And then all of a sudden they have, you know, a 10 page paper. And unfortunately on social media, you know, it's, it's rare that people have time to read a 10 page paper about this top, a certain topic, right? So you need to think about opening the conversation. So think about sharing things that will allow for some some conversation between you and your audience and not necessarily ending the conversation. What's your opinion on likes and follows in terms of it being a meaningful metric? My thing is engagement. So I think the ultimate the ultimate indicator or um, metric is people sharing whatever it is that you shared. So that is like the best social media compliment I think you can ever get is when someone sees something that you put out there and then they're like, I want to share this with more people. Like, this is so fantastic. And I, I know other people who would really value this, you know, and then they actually feel like a real sense of almost, um, like, like, uh, you know, they've curated this perfect, you know, thing that they want to share with their audience. And that is just such a fabulous way 
to tell if your content is working. The next step I would say is comments and questions. If people are responding to your, if they're, if they're, you know, uh, if they have the, the uh, motivation to take the time to write a comment or a question on your post or whatever it is that you wrote or put out there, video, um, that is massive. And then I think honestly, to me, like likes and follows are pretty low on the list, to be honest. You will gain followers if you get, if you have those two other things happening. Um, and I, I don't actually like thinking about personal branding and social media in terms of growing a following. Like it's, you know, I like it in terms of creating a community. And if your community is great and you have this place where people can interact and ask questions and have conversations, it will grow. Um, you know, and you don't need to put in all these like crazy hacks and do all these sort of nutty little things to make sure that you're growing really fast. Um, I think fast growth is, isn't where it's at in terms of social media. I think that slow, progressive community growth is, is the ultimate. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, if you're emphasizing too much on trying to expand your influence, or to, if you're looking at the metrics in terms of like the number of people that follow you or the number of uh, followers you have on LinkedIn, really yeah. it's like there, there's reactionary metrics around just basically non-engagement, but just uh, affirming something, which can be totally. counterproductive versus yeah. you actually have a starting conversations with people around the stuff that you care about, but also what they may be interested in. So you start to understand how you're perceived, but also how the, the content is being consumed, whether it's just yeah. cursory or people really get into it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you, what you just said there about kind of bridging that gap or, or kind of creating that, the, the content in the space of what you're interested in and what the people might be wanting to hear about. Um, you know, those are the things like right in there is where you're going to get the, the good stuff. Um, and that's something that you do need to consider. Like you shouldn't be wanting to build a personal brand or wanting to put content out about something because you think, oh, well, this is, you know, this is lacking or we don't have this unless you care about it. Because if you don't care about it, uh, I mean, you're going to just drop it at some point because you'll lose interest. And also people feel that if it's not genuine and you're not actually interested and passionate about the, a topic, it's, you can just like feel it immediately. In these days of the internet in 2020, you really can't hide from being disingenuous. Yeah. It's, it's something that's just now becoming a default. You have to come to the table with something that you really are interested in, that you're really yeah. following, that you're passionate about, something that, that kind of defines you in a way professionally and or personally. Yeah. So, 100%. I'm right there with you. So uh, Lee Duncan, who is the enterprise design sprint leader at IBM, sent in a couple of things that are related to content cool. that I wanted to touch on. Brittany, in your opinion, is good content more of a science or is it intuition? First of all, hi, Lee. How are you? Um, I, uh, I love this question um, because I think that it's... Um, I think that it is intuitive once you get in it, you know, but you definitely need to, like, I am a fan of, you know, looking at the metrics, even though I'm not obsessed with metrics, but I am a fan of looking at um, things that you've posted in the past, the things that worked, you know, how can you do more of these or, or dive deeper in that topic or, you know, just sort of tackle that similar format again, because clearly everybody really enjoyed that. Um, so in terms of like science, those would be the things that I'm 
that I'm focused on is like, what got reactions out of people and how can I do more of that? Intuition, like, I mean, I think that some people are definitely naturally good at social media. They're good at communicating a message in a quick way uh, with kind of, you know, and they, they can be snappy. Um, some people are just like some people are really good on video and they can, you know, kind of perform in a certain way. Um, so there are certain things that I think make you better at communicating in this kind of content social media space. But I definitely think it's it can be learned and you can definitely figure it out for yourself and what works for you. Not everybody out there wants someone who's like really funny and goofy and crazy on camera. You know, some people just want people to be serious and honest and authentic. Um, and there's, there's something out there for everyone. And there's a way to communicate that's natural and intuitive to you that is, is going to work for a certain audience. So, um, you know, I kind of got off track there, but I think that in terms of intuition versus science is it's, I mean, it's such a, such an annoying answer, but of course it is a mix of those two things. But I think that people who get too excited about this science and the hacks and how do I grow really fast and how do I use hashtags properly and how do I, you know, those things are all well and good. Uh, you know, they work for some people, they do definitely, but I just, in my mind, I'm like, why would I waste my time focused on that when I could focus on what I'm actually putting out into the world in terms of the content that I'm producing and releasing and how I'm interacting with the people who are consuming it. And how can I, you know, by, by interacting with them, I'm getting feedback and more information about what they want to hear about. And it's sort of this beautiful, you know, organic way of, of, you know, expressing your yourself. And I think that's more my style versus this very cold approach. And I'll touch upon something else with intuition. Uh, a lot of that comes from experience. Whereas uh, if, yeah. if you look at your history, especially with video, you're a natural in front of the camera. And maybe at the first, it was kind of a little like, it wasn't quite wobbly. There, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, wobbly. Now that's a good term. There you go. But yeah. over time, you start to understand the tech, you understand like the, the pace you you probably yeah. look at yourself in terms of like post editing to see what, what seems to communicate to your point about science. You mix that in and say, okay, what, what kind of content has been, what's been the reaction been? Is it just the cursor engagement or is it the actual engagement where people ask questions, they comment, are they complimentary? Yeah. Where does it go? And then that feeds into the intuitive intuition model where you're, you're yeah. kind of knowing, okay, this is kind of the space where I think it works. And yeah. then, then you kind of take a leap of faith to a certain extent to see where it goes. Totally. One of the things that I, that I say all the time about uh, just sort of like the reactions that I'm trying to get from content, and this is sort of like a metric that I use, but it's not a very scientific metric. It's more, I guess, of an intuitive metric. But if I go and put something out into the, into the world, into the worldwide web, you know, into that dark hole, um, I ask myself always, I wonder if me putting this out there will get somebody to, will we'll get a thank you from somebody. You know, I wonder if they'll, they'll be like, wow, this was really valuable or interesting or funny or whatever it was, you know, but it, it actually, you know, they were so overcome by, uh, you know, their feeling that they were like, I think I have to write in the comments, like, thanks so much for sharing this, you know? And I think that that's something that more of us should consider when we're uh, building, you know, when, when we're using content in a business sense, you know, you should really focus on providing value and trying to get thank yous from your audience and community instead of trying to push your 
message all the time. Who are some people that you think are doing incredible work that we should be paying more attention to? Yes. So this question, I like this question, you know, because it's like, let's, you know, spread the, let's, you know, let's, let's spread the love. Let's talk about, you know, other people who are coming. The thing is, Robert, I'm really trying to, uh, like, I'm trying to, and I know this isn't a good answer, but I'm trying to stay, like, I'm trying to be not as much on social media as I used to be. So I'm actually trying to like, not trying to like, you know, discover new people and things going on. So I'm kind of sticking to my old classics, old favorites, you know, and I know that's kind of disappointing because I know as a content strategist myself, it is about, you know, community and, and growth and these things. But just over the past few months, I've just been like, I'm locking down, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. Um, Cause of course it can get it to be a bit crazy after some time, but one person who I absolutely adore. And I mean, she's super famous. It's not like a, a big uh, surprise, but I think that if you aren't following Brene Brown, I think you should be. Um, she's like, just, fabulous. And she's so positive. And she is a, she's a, I mean, I think she's a behavioral scientist. Could that something like this? And she's done, I mean, but basically she takes this like real scientific approach to human behavior. And, and she talks all about like why we feel certain ways, why we um, do certain things that are just so human, but we're like, why did I do that? Or why did I feel that way? You know, and she just helps you sort of work through these things. And I think that Brene Brown is just like, and she's also, she just feels like your like aunt who you just love to be around because she's really fun and quirky and cool. Um, and I think that that's what we need a little bit more of these days is people doing, helping do a little bit more good and, and spread a little more positivity, you know, like let's spread those kinds of messages, especially of course, in the world that we're living in these days, you know? Um, so yeah, that would be my, my one person who I would recommend for sure. She's the first person to ever do like a talk on Netflix. So it was like a special, but it's not a comedy special. It's just literally her delivering like this beautiful Ted talk style of a, of a talk. Um, and it's, it's fabulous. She's just, she's a great speaker, a great storyteller. And she's just, she's the most honest person. And I just love that. You know, she talks about her own stories, you know, her own relationships and things that she struggled with. Even like she really goes quite deep into her own personal um, struggles and, and fears and all of these things. And I just think that's so beautiful and I just really love it. Yeah. If you were to partner with another practitioner or professional for an interesting project, who would it be and what would you be working on? Uh, there's a few people who I really would love to uh, partner with and kind of create something with. I think that um, I really love, and this is another kind of old favorite, but I really love Seth Godin. And I think it would be so cool to do something with him. He's like this wise you know, marketing genius um, who really respects the audience, respects people's time, is very aware of, you know, uh, of how marketing affects people. And he's just so, um, 
Yeah. So genuine. And I just think he's fantastic. He has several books. There's one called this is marketing. He's got like, I've got some, some on my shelf here. I'm trying to look and find them up. But anyways, he's just this guy who, if you have any interest in, in marketing at all, um, then you should definitely kind of tune in. He has a fabulous, fabulous newsletter as well. Um, uh, like an email newsletter, obviously, um, that he sends mm -hmm. these nice short, lovely little snippets of kind of his thoughts um for the for the day basically it is actually every day which can be a bit much but they're short so that's good um and i guess what i would do with him is um gosh i don't know maybe uh do kind of like a a video series or try to kind of advocate a little bit more for this sort of more genuine authentic marketing that i think we're just sort of with all the funnels and all of the, you know, this costs, you know, we're slashing the price for one day only, you know, marketing style, which I just hate. Um, yeah. It's like, I think we could use more of that in the world, more of that message spreading where it's like, how about you be respectful for your audience and treat them like, you know, real humans who have uh feelings and <laughs> you know i just i just think we could definitely and there's you know yeah i mean i could go on and on about all of these kind of very annoying sort of marketing styles that are out there right now and i won't but i won't robert i'm gonna stop myself i'm not yeah i'm not gonna tempt you we only have so much time and i, <laughs> I wouldn't want you to go down a down a deep particular path a dark but, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So seven months into the pandemic now, how has it affected yeah. your work and your approach? Oh man. So, I mean, I, I became like, I went freelance right before Christmas. So I was just, it was quite funny. You know, I like, you know, February was happening you know, end of February. There was a lot of talk of, you know, like what's happening, what's going to go on. And I had, you know, all these things happening. I was like, I'm going to travel here. I'm going to go there. I've got this set up and that set up. And it was like my whole year was basically planned. And then, you know, March, whatever it was, 13th or 14th, it was like, ex nay, you can't go anywhere, you know, stay in your house. I was like, you say what now? So I was a little bit thrown off. Although I have to say that I think in the industry, you know, that I'm working in and the people that I'm working with are very forward thinking. So I was very lucky in that sense. So they were, it's not, not everybody was like canceled everything. They were just like, okay, how do we do this now? How do we do this remotely? How do we change the whole plan and system? Um, and so some things fell, <laughs> fell through and then some things, uh, some things actually I got because of the pandemic, which, um, you know, I'm not happy about that, obviously, but it was kind of an interesting, um, an interesting thing because I had people reaching out to me from Canada, which was kind of funny. I'd never had a client in Canada before. Um, I now have had one because that, you know, they were like, well, you, cause I, I, you know, really shown that I'd, um, set myself up remotely and I, you know, the possibilities were all there to do really great, effective work remotely, which I really didn't think was a possibility. I have to say, I was very against remote work before the pandemic. And now I'm realizing, wow, you, you can do a lot remotely and almost almost everything you could do in person. It's a little different and you have to approach it a little bit differently and you have to plan a little bit more I've found, but um, it's a, it's very effective. And so, you know, they reached out to me and, they, and they, we even talked about it in that sense. And they were like, oh yeah, like if we hadn't had the pandemic, we wouldn't have even considered hiring you from Berlin, Germany. Why would we fly you in to Canada when we could just get someone here to do it? But since we realized, well, it's gonna be remote anyway, 
we, we realized, oh, we want to work with Brittany, but she's wait, but great. doesn't matter. You know, like, let's do it like that then. So it was quite a cool, yeah, a cool um, scenario where it really opened a lot of doors for me, a few closed, but then others opened. And I think that um, I did have a moment where I was like, oh my God, my first year, you know, on my own as a consultant. And like, this is just the worst possible year to be doing this. Um, I did feel, you know, I felt, uh, I felt, um, I was uh, being being a little bit, you know, what's the word? Sorry, Robert. It's like end of the day. I'm losing all my words. But basically, you know, I was kind you're of like just starting. You're just starting to bridge into the hangry mode. So I, I understand yeah. that maybe about 15 <laughs> minutes left. So it's okay. Exactly. If you, if you fall short and you want to slip in a cuss word, you go right ahead. Okay. Okay. And it's not a big deal. Great. So basically I was uh, feeling sorry for myself. That's what I wanted to say. I was feeling sorry for myself and, you know, for a little while, which I think a lot of people were, um, it was a very strange emotional time. Um, and then I kind of realized, Hey, you know what, you know what, like, it's fine. The beautiful thing is that we have the technology that allows us to do all these cool things from our living rooms, which is where I am right now. Um, and, you know, although I am a, I am, I am a human connection person. So that is something that I've really missed. Um, I love working with my clients and doing it remotely is totally fine and great. But the one thing that I really miss is like being in the room with them and feeding off of that energy and laughing and having lunch, you know, and like talking about things other than work with my, with the people that I'm working with, you know? So those are things that I'm missing. Um, but I'm super thankful and happy with, um, yeah, with how the pandemic has worked out for my specific business. Cause I know that I am one of the lucky ones and there were a lot of people that weren't as lucky. So, uh, yeah. Where okay. will you be a year from today? What will you be doing? Oh, very cool. Okay. I love these kind of questions cause it's just so fun to picture and imagine these things. Um, so I am, uh, currently basically I'm doing a lot of, um, I'm just going to wave. Hey, Hi. Go ahead and ask me. Oh, go ahead. I do Minecraft during my break so that I no, can. No, <laughs> what were you, what were you doing when, when Brittany was talking just now? Nothing. Mm -hmm. You said no gaming. I said no videos either. No, you didn't. I'm going to say it. No, I'm going to repeat it. No videos, no games. Okay, fine. You have From to wait. You have to wait till after three o'clock when school is done. Okay. All right. I got to go and have a conversation. Fine. <laughs> bye. Oh, sorry. I thought you said bye. Fine. <laughs> okay. Good parenting. That's fun. You know, it takes practice. <laughs> That's so. right. Oh okay. gosh. Yeah. Being, I mean, okay. Sorry. That's a whole different topic. Um, magic wand. So if I were to wave a magic wand, um, basically right now I'm doing kind of a lot of different things and I am doing content strategy for B2B organizations, uh, which I really love doing, but it's that I'm in that classic consultant conundrum where I'm like, I only have so many hours a day, right? How do I possibly figure this out without just really capping myself at a certain amount of, of, of clients um, and projects, you know? Um, so what I've decided to do and what I'm working on right now is I'm, I'm building uh, like a, a video, a content strategy video course for B2B companies, very specifically for businesses, uh, agencies, you know, digital innovation studios, all these kind of guys um, to basically help them plan and strategize their content 
uh, moving forward. And everyone knows it's super important, but this will kind of allow them to do that. It's basically what I do with my clients, but it's in video format. So it's really simple. It's really easy. It's, you know, they can kind of walk through that themselves. And then I'll have these, I've decided I'm going to have um, these kind of coaching calls on the side with them. So there will be that human personal interaction, which I know I need and would love to have as well with, with the clients. So I'm moving in that direction to kind of um, scaling my services, which I'm super excited about because what I want to do more of and what I, what I hope to be doing more of next year, maybe in person, crossing my fingers for that, um, is more like hosting events, running team and group workshops, um, these are the things that really get me excited and the things that I love to do. Um, it sort of really, I feel like, takes all of my skills into this sort of perfect little, uh, little, yeah, situation where I can really sort of use all of these things and create a bit of a delightful experience, hopefully, for uh, teams and people at work. And that's what I really want to do. I want to make sure that people's work lives are a little bit more exciting, happy, engaging, all those things. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to have this business kind of running where, you know, the content strategy stuff, and then be really able to go out and, you know, talk to people and work with them. And yeah. When you're hosting your events, are you thinking of doing a mix of both in-person and online? <clears throat> Does it just matter of where the mark, what the market's telling you at the time? What would you ideally want? Yeah, I think I would want a mix of both. I mean, I spent many years traveling uh, every couple of weeks, you know, to a new country to do workshops and trainings and events. Um, and it can get very tiring. Although it gives me energy, it also just, you know, annihilates me at, at a certain point. I'm like, I can't do any more of these. Um, so definitely a mix. Uh, and, and, but definitely like, I'm really hoping, hoping to be able to do some in-person stuff because it's like really what, gives me energy. Remote stuff still works, you know, like I, I still have a lot of fun doing it. I, I hosted a, a remote summit um, a few weeks ago with like a hundred people from an organization and we had such a good time and you could really, there was energy there, you know, so you can do it. Um, but there, there really is no, no replacing that energy of being in the room with, you know, a few, you know, I don't know, 50 to 100 people. And that energy is something that you can't really replace with remote. The million dollar question though, is, is that as a professional comedian, um, mm -hmm. are you still going to be doing a bit of that and peppering that in with what you're going to be doing next year? Um, or is this something that it's just kind of a wait and see? So for me, comedy is this it's, it was kind of such a surprise doing stand-up comedy uh, and the effect that it had on my career. It really, like, in in a lot of ways, made me real, like, made me stronger in uh, my career in facilitation, in presenting, in you know, hosting things and um, uh, facilitating conversations as well, interviewing, all of these things. Um, comedy really. Like, it's like this horrible way to learn because it's just so visceral <laughs> being on stage and getting these instant reactions, but you learn very fast what people react to and what they don't, how people, you know, you can tell from looking at a room and just feeling the energy, like what they're in the mood for. And those kinds of things are, are 
very important to the work that I do and the work that I want to do. So comedy will always be a part of it. It's, um, you know, over the pandemic, obviously it's, it's been difficult and comedy has taken a bit of a backseat uh, for most comedians, obviously doing stage performances is, hasn't really been a thing. Um, but it's definitely something that I always have in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm always, to me, it's like, it's always a performance when I'm running a workshop, it's a performance, you know, when I'm, um, when I'm doing an Instagram story, it's a performance, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's something that I love doing. And I, I, I've had loved it since I was a small, a, just a wee little tyke. Um, so I'll always bring that in. Um, and the, my, my, um, the way that I portray myself or the way that I am will always be lighthearted, you know, there will always be a, a, a vibrancy that is not super formal and serious and whatever, because that's just not who I am. Um, yeah. And I have comedy to thank for, I guess, just giving me the confidence to be like that, even in a room where it might not necessarily be the way that most people would act, if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, I now know that I can actually be goofy in a, in a situation where people would be like, well, this is like, this, this person is like the head of, you know, he's the VP of uh, everything, you know? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't care. You know, I mean, I, I am going to impress this person because I'm good at what I do. And I, uh, but I'm not worried about, you know, him thinking, oh, wow, she's not really taking this very seriously because it's obvious that I'm taking things seriously. I'm always, you know, I'm, I come prepared. I plan. I, uh, I perform to the best of my ability, but I'm not going to do it without a little bit of personality. I just refuse. People in the, you know, in the design sprint community because of my job at AJ and smart, of course, know me quite well from videos and, and, you know, Instagram and all of these things. And so the fact that I have that, which is, is honestly, it's not something that I really even considered when I started doing these kinds of things. When I took that on, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm really building a personal brand for myself here. You know, that's going to be really valuable for me later. I never really thought about it. It only started to click, you know, when I was starting to, you know, think like, oh, what's next for me? You know, and then I thought, this is really, this has been an invaluable thing that I've, that I've created just as like a side, a side of actually focusing on, you know, aging smart and, and growing their awareness and growing their audience. Um, and I think that this is something that people often underestimate is people like to work with people who they like. So, you know, and, and people that they feel they know in some way. So even you putting yourself out there um, in some small way, it increases the likelihood that you will, I mean, whatever it is that you're looking for, but let's say you're looking to get a new client. If they have heard from you before, they've seen your photo, maybe they've seen you do a little video, maybe they've read something you wrote. These are all things that will massively impact whether they go for you or for someone who they maybe have never heard of or have never had a, you know, any contact with. It's, it's, it's actually amazing how much easier the sales process is when, you know, they already have a feeling for who you are, what you stand for. And even just simply, they already kind of know you in some way. It's, it's pretty cool. What's your impression of Gary Vee when you met him? After kind of going through one of his workshops, oh, what yeah. was your experience from, from back then? So if I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't have chosen to go and like, 
not that I wouldn't have chosen. I don't want to say that, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm meeting Gary Vee. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Like I'm not a fan boy, fan girl, whatever of his. I think that he has some interesting things to say. Um, he's obviously good at what he does and he's very entrenched in, you know, this sort of marketing social media world, but I was never like, oh, that's a lifelong goal. Not that, it, not that, I mean, I think some people might be very excited about it, but so I went in there with a bit of trepidation, let's say, yeah. because I also had the, you know, I had a couple of negative feelings about him. I thought that, you know, he's teaching, let's face it, a lot of young men, um, you know, that they, all they have to do is work really hard day and night work, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. And, you know, all your dreams are going to come true. And like, don't ever have fun, only work, only surround, you know, surround yourself with people who are better than you and don't ever, you know, like, you know, he gives off these sort of messages that I was like, I don't really agree with these. So I was coming into it with a little bit of a, yeah, I was like, hmm, let's see. Um, and I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I, he was very polite, um, really like very generous as well with his time. Not that we weren't all paying a obscene amount to be in the room with him, um, but he was very, uh, he, he definitely has uh, an instinct for business and for marketing for sure. So, you know, you would kind of like, we all sort of went around in this round table and kind of asked him questions and brought up our businesses and asked him, you know, what he thought of this and that. And he made some really great, he understood things very quickly. He made really interesting um, suggestions and insights and said like, what, what about this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And he was, it was just kind of crazy how quickly his brain worked. Um, that was impressive to be honest. Um, I, I still like, I don't follow him on Instagram. Uh, I, yeah, I stopped. I used to, um, I stopped because it was just a little bit too much. I'm not, I'm a, I'm, I like when people are motivational and I like when people are, you know, inspirational in, in, in ways. And I guess he does this. He provides a lot of value. So that is good. Um, but it's a little too like, rah, rah, you know, let's all just hustle. And, you know, and I feel like, I really feel like one day he might wake up and say, wait a second. There's a bit of narcissism with his brand in that it's, it's, yes. it's kind of putting a conclusion into the mix of if you follow these steps, these conclusions will happen. But there's much yeah. more to that dynamic than just basically putting yeah. in a lot of time and effort into something. It's yeah. being able to understand what you're really good at and and going yeah. through the motions over time to experience that. And then finding out through different techniques or different approaches what makes sense. Some For totally. some people, it's not like going a thousand miles an hour. It's you gradually do yes. something. You, you let your unconscious mind yeah. take a sleep overnight and think about what you had done the previous day to build upon it. Yeah, That's where most people are. But I can get why he has that out view on things and he's very public about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I was definitely um, encouraged to take Gary V's whole philosophy and concept behind content and just do that. You know, that was definitely what I was, I was pushed towards and I did, you know, I did my best in 
sort of pushing back and, and, you know, like saying, let's be a little bit more thoughtful. Let's, you know, let's try some other things. It just, just because the thing is that I think that sometimes, so you can do two things, right? Sometimes people are like really always trying to like reinvent the wheel and, you know, it's like, oh, well we could do it like this. And it's like, well, actually this way works. So why don't you just do it how it works? Right. That's like one mindset, but there's another mindset where it's like, well, just because that works doesn't mean that something else can't work and be more, true to who we are as a brand and a business and, you know, be a little bit more representative of us. Um, and that's the thing, these two kind of competing sort of mentalities or, or mindsets, which is interesting. I think there's sometimes one works better and sometimes the other works better and it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, it's his, his whole world is a little bit too crazy for me. He also work for, you know, Gary Vee is like its whole life. You know, it's everything that he cares about, which is fine if that's what he wants, you know, but for, I'm, I just look at that and I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not what I want. You know, I, I want to do things that I'm passionate about, that I'm good at, that add value to, you know, my industry and my community. Um, but I also want to do other things and have friends and, you know, go out at night and meet people for dinner sometimes, you know, and I don't always want to be in front of my laptop, just crunching, you know, crunching it out. What does he say? Crun I don't know, whatever his terms are. <laughs> yeah. I was anyway. just like, I almost thought crunking it out and that doesn't work either. So that crunking, like getting crunk. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it's just, I almost forgot about him. It's funny how you don't, you know, if he's not, if someone's, I mean, this is almost kind of sad and scary, but if, if you sort of, I mean, I'm on social media a lot and once you unfollow someone, it's amazing how quickly they just that kind of vanish from your awareness and, and conscience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Become irrelevant to you, you know, and I know he's still out there pushing out the content, you know, and getting everybody really excited about being entrepreneurs. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the nature, you know, the nature of it. It's really, you, you don't need to re get another impression. There's going to be other things like Brene Brown and other people that are probably will provide totally. content that give you a, a different, a different outlook and a different perspective. And especially yeah. um, if you, and we, I was going to mention, if you wanted to try to find that proper balance between your content, having like a really authentic view versus one that you have to kind of, you know, acquiesce to the business needs that you have, whether you're a solopreneur and otherwise, there is mm -hmm. that content strategy course that you're going to be like coming up with B2B yeah. that you're going to be have out in November that you're working on. So there's that. Yeah. Um, now people can also follow you on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, I'll be yeah. providing in the notes, but what's what's your tagline or what's your handle on on, on Instagram if people want to follow you? Instagram, I, I should probably change it to just be my name. I think I will do that pretty soon. But right now it's Brittany Bow or Bo. Uh, my last name's Bowering. So just it's B-R-I-T-T-N-I-B-O-W. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me. I'll be posting this up all over the place. It'll be on the podcast and everything else. Um, thanks awesome. again. I wish you all the best for the remainder of the year with all the endeavors that you're doing. I'll be looking out for Thank your posts you. on LinkedIn as usual, because I always find them insightful and really do appreciate you coming by the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. Thanks, Robert. It was an absolute pleasure. You are an excellent, excellent interviewer. Also, you have a great radio voice. You've probably been really? told that before. You do. You have this like deep, you know, kind of like, it's very soothing. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. it does. No, no, I've, yeah. I've had the same voice since I was in my 20s because I, I was DJing when I, by the time I was 18. And uh, there's, mm -hmm. a, there's a short story. There's a long story with that, how I got involved, but that'll be for another day. 
Okay, cool. Interesting. I want I want to hear that eventually at some point. Sounds good. All right, Brittany, take care. You got food to eat and places to go. So uh, thanks very much for taking the time about to talk that. to me. Thanks very much, Robert. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And to you as well, Robert. You have a wonderful right. day. Yeah, same <laughs> to you, of course. All right, see you thanks. later. Thanks for listening to the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. We're going to be starting up a community of practice in December, the first week of December. Our topics are going to be up November 15th. So if you're interested, Look me up on LinkedIn. You just have to do a search for Robert and last name of S-K-R-O-B-E. Or you can do a search for me on Google or look up Dallas Design Sprints. Either way, if you want to get involved with the Global Virtual Design Sprint community of practice, be sure to reach out to me and let me know. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.